0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sim Sundays. <laughs> the professionalism—I just in my ear. Then just had. Um, will I? Will I? Will I stop drinking? Stop drinking coffee. <laughs> welcome to another episode of Sim Sundays by GridFinder sponsored by TrackRacer. There we go. We're back into the professional flow now. This week we are joined by. Studio 397 Community Manager, Race Department Editor-in-Chief, SRO Esport GT Series Commentator, and Lamborghini The Real Race Commentator, Paul Jeffrey. Welcome.
1: Hello! How are you doing, Tom? Hello, everybody on the Tinterwebs. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thanks for coming. Um, Paul, I don't know if you remember this, uh, because you're a man who's done many broadcasts and you've done a (laughs) lot of interviews. Do you remember interviewing me maybe two years ago? I do.
1: And may I I just say, you are considerably more confident on camera than you were back in those good old days. (laughs) I remember I could actually, despite the fact we're not located anywhere near each other, could smell the fear drifting over me as we did the interview when I first did it. So yeah, man, well done. You've moved on.
0: (laughs) Thanks. There has been been some progress. (laughs) I haven't necessarily got any more professional, but maybe a little bit more confident. So that interview two years ago on the uh for the race department website um i think our mutual friend steve had discovered the the magic of Gridfinder and had invited uh, me on to do an interview about about the product and the first thing i noticed uh when you came on uh, um to do the interview was your colorful shirt tell us about it
1: well just while we're talking, I'm actually multitasking. So apologies that I'm not looking at the camera. But apparently on my Facebook channel, I put the wrong link to YouTube. So I've just quickly rectified that one. Right, let's get a business. Let's be professional. Yeah, floral is my friend. I, uh, I like floral. I like paisley. Uh, I I'd like to say it was cool now, but it's not but it's slightly less uncool than when I first started doing it. Mm-hmm. So I liked it before it was moderately popular amongst right. a niche crowd of people.
0: <laughs> right, before it was on Radio One, right? You you, uh, you were in yeah. with the Paisley pattern.
1: There we go. I even got, uh, for the benefit of those watching on YouTube, unfortunately for you folks listening on audio only, you'll have to imagine this. I even got Paisley wallpaper on a little corner of the man cave just so I could stay
0: on brand. Is that wallpaper from previous shirts?
1: Yeah, honestly, if I could find a shirt that was dressed up like that wallpaper, I would be absolutely delighted. So for the next five, for the last three years, I've been going to various different local UK clothing outlets in January sales, trying to find a shirt for less than 15 quid that looks like that, because 15 is the absolute upper limit that it's worth paying for a shirt.
0: It's kind of the exact same concept, but exact opposite aesthetic as the Chris Hay black cap. It's kind of your brand,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. So my fellow sim racer, Mr. Chris A, goes for the uh, go for the plane, and I go for the eye bleedingly bright
0: <laughs> and uh, but but you your a lot of your content is audio only, right, so you do a lot of commentary. you do a lot of you're up in the booth, you're up on the on the mic you know uh, commentating a sim race. so is the is the colorful shirt just as much for you to inspire your own confidence as it is to to kind of project the brand?
1: Well, to be honest, man, I've got a face for radio. So uh, having me away from camera is, is no bad thing. And whenever I'm in front of a camera, it's usually I have to wear the, the the setup of whatever it is that I'm doing at the time. And inevitably, they are painfully plain. So I, uh, outside of Racing, do TCR Touring Car. And then theirs is a plain white one with just like a little logo sponsor there, the TCR on the top pocket. And I'm like, guys, this, this so needs to be floral. You so feel, like, i'm working on that
0: claustrophobic
1: yeah yeah definitely so for 2023 watch this space i am uh, i'm trying to bring tcr into the 1960s
0: well that could be your um your kind of your headline your quote in your showreel could be like uh paul jeffrey face for radio a shirt for camera a
1: oh I love- ooh, 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 ooh write that down Allow me to write that down in my Nigel Mansell book. Right, no more,
0: no more multitasking, Paul. This is a very serious <laughs> podcast, okay? God damn it, right.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that. That is awesome.
0: I went on your LinkedIn profile today. Uh, I, sorry, oh. today, weeks ago when I started researching for this episode, I promise. That's a, lot, I, that's
1: a lot more recently than I went on it, so that's
0: good. Well, I was going to say, because the only thing you have on your, on your LinkedIn is the, uh, the list of roles that I've, that I've read out. Uh, at the beginning of the show about studio out of date. manager, the race department editor-in-chief, the SRO Esports GT series commentator. So was there a life before this or were you born a sim racing commentator? Real question.
1: <laughs> uh, oh yes, there was a life before it. It's been a long and winding road that's required a hell of a lot of sacrifice, a hell of a lot of time and effort and energy, but this has always been the goal. Uh, when I realized i was far too tall and far too poor to be a racing driver so the secondary goal was always to be uh, something in the world of racing and then do you want
0: the long answer or the short answer no Answer. this is a long this is this is long form content paul this oh, is a this is good. people will be listening to this on the train in the car on the way to work
1: yeah. oh good We've got Well, time. My, We've got time. Lo- long form suits me because i'm not i'm not uh, i'm not the most brief of people uh, yeah so long story short I'm not into computers, I'm not into consoles, games, none of that malarkey. I like motor racing, motor racing only. Uh, And years upon years upon years upon years ago, we were at my mother and father-in-law's. And as you do when you're at mother and father-in-law's houses, you scratch around trying to find something to do that's not communicating. Uh, So I got onto some kind of internet portal, I forget what it was, whether they had a PC or whatever. And I was kind of like just cruising around looking at de- different racing things and bumped into, uh, I don't think it was a first-party advert, I think it was a third-party advert, that some or like a write-up somebody had put about R-Factor 1. And I distinctly remember it, and it was along the lines of if there's a series or a track that exists in the world, you can race it in R-Factor 1. And immediately that piqued my interest. Cause I'm like I like obscure stuff, not just the whole like top level FIA Grade One championships. I'm like, ooh, oh, hello, this, this, this is interesting. And I kind of like I probably fell into somewhere like r Factor Central or whatever the mods repository of that it used to be back in the day, and just saw a wealth of stuff, Argentinian TC 2000 series, uh, all these obscure things. I'm like, this is this piques my interest greatly. And I'd obviously I'd, I'd, I was aware. That racing games existed but because i don't play computer games i'm not interested in computer games it, it never never went further than like playing the old uh Psygnosis f1 games back on the playstation but it was just purely like a bit of a crack it wasn't anything serious so alas away i went bought myself a pc found a desk in a skip like you do uh bolted a g25 onto it uh put the g25 pedals I found, also found, uh, again, apologies to audio-only people that you can't see my hand movements, but a, hand. a set of bricks where it was one brick at the top, then cemented in was another one, cemented in another one, but there's a little gap in the middle, which is perfect, oh. putting it against the wall and pushing your pedals up to, but not, fo- not sort of fouling the cable for it. Uh, Got R Factor One, got GTR Two or GTR One, whatever it was at the time, uh, and just completely, completely fell down the magical mystery hole that is Sim Racing. Uh, absolutely adored it. As everybody does over time, you upgrade pieces here and there. Uh, elected not to go get a racing car, because so, this is cheaper. Ha 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 ha. That didn't work out well. Uh, and then over time, Kind of, I spent a lot of time at race department engaging with people, uh, as you do, downloading as a, mods
0: as a member, just as a as member, a member.
1: Yeah, 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 just basically as someone that kind of like went in there and sucked it dry for everything it was worth and contributed nothing, uh, and then did the racing club as well. I started off with the racing racing experience, uh-huh. Then, Then, after a while, I'm like, ah, Paul, you're taking a lot of goodness from the world of soon racing, but giving nothing uh and at the time while that was sort of like going through my mind what can i do to kind of like give back because i'm not a computer guy so i can't mod yeah. or anything uh the guy that ran the racing club at race room left i had a word with bram uh, who runs our i'm like i'll step up and do this no worries because i don't want it to die it's been a good thing blah yeah, blah yeah. blah and then that kind of like a, a friendship blossomed uh while i was doing that one it became apparent that uh new things were coming out at the time for RaceRoom, but no one was really posting anything about it in the news. So I kind of like started putting a few articles together and then they got published and then a few turned into, quite a few turned into an absolute ton. And then you know what it's like, when you do something you want to do it right. So I started doing interviews, making some video content. So that kind of like blossomed into doing that full time. And then as part of that role, uh, back in 2019, we partnered up with AK Informatica and SRO Motorsport to do the uh, the very first SRO eSports series, which at the time, pre-COVID, when the world was a more open place, uh, travelled around what was the Blank Pan GT World Challenge Series. Uh, so they're like, right, we're going to have some rigs, we're going to set them up, we're going to need somebody on site to commentate. Uh, who wants to do it? And I'm like, Bleh. I'll do it. I fancy travelling. Not a commentator, never done it before, but bugger it. So my first ever commentary was round one at Bonza. Uh, and from there I I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh nobody's had enough heart to tell me I'm rubbish at it and sack me. And I've just kinda like collected jobs and, and, and gone on from there. So the very, very, very long answer, the short version is no I did it in twenty
0: nineteen. <laughs> oh. Do you know what baffles me is that whenever I look at your your Facebook uh, page, I notice that you're always abroad. Now, sim racing is virtual, right? So it's online. So yes. in theory, if you said to somebody that you commentate on sim racing races, you'd be forgiven for thinking, oh, well, you, you probably do all of that from home. It doesn't matter where the race is, you commentate. But actually, you're going out to these events. That's yeah. recent, right? That's, that hasn't always been the case. Have you, no- have you noticed that shift in the world of kind of online remote racing becoming local?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's, it's kind of flip-flop depending on what you're doing. So like a lot of the stuff that I travel for it's because the studio work in there as well, there's kind of like a show around it and stuff. So there's a lot of like piece to camera things and and various different set pieces and all that good stuff. And kind of before COVID, a big thing in the in the higher profile series were well, like getting engagement on site, so having physical rigs located at right. a racetrack or whatever, and then getting some drivers involved and getting uh, people to travel to it. Then obviously, excuse me, COVID hit, uh, and the world of green screens mm-hmm. and all that jazz came on. So it really depends on the series. Like I still do SRO, but the stuff I do. Uh, that it's that's transitioned back, ironically, from being on site to being remote again, and like dialing into uh, a server and an internet connection. And the on-site stuff's transitioned to having the real drivers come, and they do what they call the uh, the pro series. So yeah. the real GT World Challenge drivers come, really cool, actually. And nice. this is how racing has moved on. That the results they get. Forgive me, by the way, anyone listening at home that knows all about this already. But the results they get if they win. That has a material effect on their allocation of points and tire usage in the GT World Challenge Wheel Series. So that's how big it's come on, which is absolutely sensational. But then there's still stuff for us, uh, either professional esports people or what my personal favorite is, is community people that get given a shot window to transition into being a professional, which yeah. is why I love the Ferrari stuff we do. Because that uh, they're the Ferrari esports or the Ferrari Velas esports series for its full title. Uh, that is a competition where anyone can join, anyone can race. They set times to to uh, enter the threshold to do the knockout races, and essentially you go through a process. And at the end of it, we get three drivers from North American series, so the uh, and three drivers from European series, and they come to Italy and they do a whole assessment program and online thing and everything whoever wins gets a paid drive for the Ferrari Ferrari eSports
0: team it's it's mental baffling how much the world of sim racing and real racing has overlapped and merged yeah. but actually not that surprising when you kind of drill down into it i know i think i've probably said this in a couple of episodes now but if you look at sim racing it's so directly comparable to real racing you're sat in a seat with a steering wheel with pedals it's the same it's not like FIFA or Call of Duty where you're not actually running around. You probably wouldn't be good at it in the real world. It's directly comparable. So perhaps it's not surprising that there's this much overlap between the two worlds.
1: Physically, I agree with you. I think where the big change has come, the sea change has come. And again, it's post uh, nasty, nasty virus thing. Uh, the big sea change has come is people are becoming more aware of it now. So it's moving away from its niche. It's still a niche. Yeah. it's expanded into the extra niche of motorsport in the real life and again go back to 2019 when we followed the blank panel it was at the time there was a bit of mockery from the real world cohort of drivers and commentators and presenters it's like oh who's these yeah uh, and now those same drivers commentators and presenters are working day in day out in sim racing so i think that's been the biggest change the parallel's always been there And we've always known about it in our minutely small pocket of the internet. But now that's becoming more and more, uh, people are more and more aware of it. Mm. And I think that's actually, it's been a silver lining in what's been a particularly dark cloud.
0: And it's kind of positioned you perfectly, right? Because at the beginning of the show, you said that you were not a computer guy. You were a massive motorsport fan. And then you discovered this love of sim racing and you got into motorsport through sim racing and then that has given you a platform to now work full-time in motorsport as well as sim racing right so you you weren't you didn't think you were able to go directly from viewer fan to motorsport professional but sim racing has given you that that springboard into it and now not that many years later the two worlds have merged and allowed you to now go off and 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 commentate on real world races because presumably it's not that different if you were to commentate on a sim race versus a real race, well, you're kind of, well it's the same sport. Let me tell you a
1: story uh, <laughs> uh, sim racing is 1,000 years more advanced in terms of what you've got compared to right. real racing. So I'm sat here at my desk where I do my remote commentary. I've got one, two, three, four big monitors. No, sorry, three big monitors and one medium monitor. I'll have two laptops open and all my printed stuff when i go on air uh and obviously as you well know sim racing you've got whatever camera your heart desires but you can make your own stuff you've got the wealth of data so first ever real race was uh, started this year portimao and we did quality which we don't always do in tcr uh, as in broadcast yeah so i'm like yep yeah, here we go can't be that much different still the same thing so <laughs> Off a pop to my little commentary box, overlooking the track. Not a particularly great view, I might say. Boiling red up. So, okay, I can live with that. What, I'm a Yorkshireman. I know what heat's like. Ha, 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 ha. Uh Get there. The smallest... Most pathetically old CRT monitor... Well, two, I I lie, let's not exaggerate, Paul. There were two monitors, but they were spitting out the same shot, (laughs) which was marvellous. So anyway, I can live with that one. Now, bear in mind, it's quite a late call-up, so I'm not fully au fait with, like, which cars, which, and numbers and all that jazz. So I'm sat there, and I'm like, hello, everybody, welcome! Right, qualifying starting. Here's a car coming out of the garage. Yippee-ki-yay, first car hits the track. And lo and behold, it doesn't tell you what the name of the car is in the bottom left-hand corner, just like it does in sim racing. And I'm like, ah, it's a Hyundai Elantra, I don't know. And the monitor's that damn small. I can't even see the number. So I'm like, it's a it's, car. So, yeah, fully, because I've got so used to having, anytime something's in shot, it highlights it on the timing stack mm. and it
0: usually tells you you're in the corner. No, not so much in real life. So, uh, yeah, that was a surprise. So that was a bit of a culture change then going from sim racing to that, going from all the data to none of the data, you know, six massive screens to just a window, right? Yep. But you also said that your first sim racing uh, commentary experience, uh, you'd never done it before, obviously as is always the case on your first time, but you pulled yeah, up done for the SRO <laughs> round one. So it's a big deal, right? You hadn't done league racing, like a lot of people have where they go and work for free and they kind of practice. So how did you prepare? You'd seen a lot of motorsport, so you'd seen commentators in action. Did you kind of go and listen to commentators and try and get inspiration? Or were you like, nah, this is going to be 100% unique, Paul Jeffrey source, nothing else. <laughs>
1: Uh, there is no way for me to answer that question without coming across like an absolute tool. Well, just, uh, it's a safe so space thanks, man. It, appreciate it. that.
0: It's a safe space.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah you <laughs> no tell that judging. to the internet.
0: Uh, no one's judging here.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no prep as such. I just I can really I can talk happily and easily on any given subject for any period of time. Motor racing and forgive the pathetic cliche runs through my very veins. It's just all I'm. I'm just motor racing mm-hmm. is completely and utterly what I live, breathe, and and sleep for. Uh, so I never felt any problem that it would be a difficulty, uh, and it was fine. And then over, obviously, over time, you get your unique voice. So I kind of for that that first season was a little bit more sedate in my presentation and talking style, and a little bit more kind of like. Uh, not quite as shouty, jumpy, as excited as I've sort of become over time, both as my confidence has built and I've decided that's more where I wanna be is the more subtle sort of like I try and Murray Walker, but actually factually correct uh, is what I'm going for.
0: <laughs> Damn, well, that's the way to spit the internet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I love Murray. Murray is my absolute hero, so please don't get anything that's wrong. But... It was always wrong, but I still love the man.
0: <laughs> have you ever been nervous? Have you ever, have you ever no. got to an event and been like, oh my God, this is massive?
1: I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm I'm tempting fates, so let's touch some wood. I don't tend to do nerves because it's been my life. It's mm. kind of, you'll know what it's like. When you go and do something you don't know what you're doing, it's quite nerve wracking. But when you go something you know the ins and outs of and... Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm very uncom. I'm unconfident in many many ways, but when it comes to talking, I'm very confident because I know I can hold, a, hold. Uh, I can I can kill I can kill the possibility of dead air, regardless of what the situation is. So in that regard, no, it, it always come quite, quite easily. The only nerves I ever had was again TCR. Uh, uh, I I got the nod days prior, and. Uh, I was to the first race. We had a welcome dinner uh, at the hotel before the track action kicked off where all the teams, drivers, mechanics, mm-hmm. uh, Marcello Lotte, like the god of touring cars, uh, and I had to present it and do a speech. Uh, right. That, no, that's no, 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 that was terrifying. <laughs> that was terrifying. Because I got up and I'm like, I would have been fine doing it now, but then yeah. I didn't. I'm not okay with who's good, who's bad. Mm. The players, so to speak. Right. Or the championship, frankly. So that was kind of like hello, I'm from Yorkshire,
0: and this so is gonna be you, fun. How did you deal with the nerves then?
1: Uh closed my eyes and pretended that it wasn't there. Okay. <laughs> no, just just yeah, just to be fair, we were that busy that yeah. you don't really have time to be nervous until afterwards, and then then you've got alcohol. So alcohol Good. cures that nerve. Good. Um, well, see,
0: Now, we've had a few commentators on before, and I always like to try and kind of extract out of the guests some kind of uh, hint or tip or like, this is how to make it in commentary. Always remember these things. But you're saying essentially head in the sand, drink alcohol, I, you'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be all right. <laughs> I'll be all right. No, It'll all it, come out in the wash.
1: <laughs> exactly. No, there's, only, there's one simple and easy tip, or well, two actually. Love what you do. Mm-hmm. And make sure people know you love what you do. And then put the hard yards in. I've been in sim racing uh, blah, 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 12, 13, 14 years. And I got started getting paid for work that I do last year or year before. So I ain't going to make a fortune. I only started getting paid for it last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like over a decade, basically, of not being paid for doing what is and i've got no problem with this by the way i'm not complaining it's just facts mm. uh what has been several hours per day like sort of five six seven eight hours a day on top of a full-time job and a family but if you're not willing to make that sacrifice and i mean this in the nicest way possible mm. if you're not willing to make that sacrifice then it's probably not for you yeah because if you want anything you've got to work for it it doesn't get it sounds like I'm saying it doesn't get handed on a plate, but I've just told you all these things that get handed on a plate, but there was a, back, there was a background. It wasn't background
0: really handed on a plate because people weren't like, oh, there's this guy and his name is Paul Jeffrey. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. it was, it was, there was a significant backstory that can't be handed yeah. on LinkedIn. And yeah. Like that. But and there, that's there the was only... a significant backstory that, that you, they can point towards, but okay, yeah, this is, this is a safe bet.
1: Yeah, that's the, only, that's the only advice I can give. Draft. Draft. Mm-hmm. Work hard. Put the hours in, put the effort in, I and like just it. love. Don't forget that, and I try and remind myself this every single day, don't forget that you are a very, very lucky, oh, God, a cat's broken into the room. <laughs> not professional. This Sorry. Is... Please go away, Murray. From... Oh, no, there's always a nightmare right. I in this. So okay. Happening? We'll just pretend that's not happening.
0: let uh, just opened the door and walked in, and it's now climbing all over the rig, but it's fine.
1: Fine, he's trying to... Hello, Murray. So, for the benefit of those of you at home, this is Murray, named after Murray Walker. Hello, Actually Murray. you named
0: after Murray Walker?
1: Yes, I've got Murray and Shelby, named after Carol Shelby. Do so... they share
0: anything in common? Uh, no. Uh,
1: no. Oh, pop, am be really annoying. Uh, so... <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just pretend he's not there. Oh, no, Shelby's here too. Two of them. So, yeah, work hard. No, Just remind yourself that you're very, very lucky to do what you do. Uh, don't take anything for granted. Be reliable. Be professional. Be friendly, and hopefully, those should be the the keys to success. It's
0: interesting that it should be right because actually, you can put in all the graft. You could be the most passionate person in the world. You could show everyone that you're passionate, but then never get that big break. Yeah. You kind of have to accept it. You kind of if if you're not prepared to accept it, then you don't love it enough, right? You have to. It's a gamble.
1: I mean, and that you've actually, Tom, you've, you've nailed it because, like I said, I did these all these years where there was not paid projects and there's substantial work. I love what I do, yeah. love giving back, love talking about motor racing. Mm-hmm. And I always, and again, this is really sickly, but I always say that if one person didn't know what sim racing was before engaging with something I've done and then now likes sim racing and enjoys it to the level I enjoy it, mission accomplished. Yeah. Uh and I think if you've got that that kind of mentality, and it shouldn't be about chasing dollars. Because let's be honest, <laughs> even professional like the top tier of commentary, uh the Martin Havens or David Addison's or Crofty or whatever, mm. they don't make a lot of money. So it ain't a money making exercise. But they have the most
0: incredible life.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and you see, and I mean, for example, I'm in Italy Italy the other day. We finished the studio stuff, and then on an evening, it was only a short couple of hours after a very long day in the studio, we went to Bergamo Old Town in Italy, which is the most sensationally attractive place I have ever seen in my life. Big steep hills, cobble streets, old buildings, uh, an ancient wall and castle, and really, like, stereotype. There was even an old Fiat 500 parked tour, which is just, like, could not be more Italian. It's uh,
0: right Say again. The inspiration for tonight?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, the inspiration for tonight is I've not driven on AC for like five years, so I went for the easiest thing I could think of. (laughs) (laughs) That was the inspiration. That's for inspiration. (laughs) But yeah, just yeah, this you see some great things, you meet some wonderful people, you experience some fantastic things, and gotta love it, man. Life's short.
0: As well as Talking about sim racing, you write about it too. So you're the editor-in-chief at Race Department. And for those of you who don't know who Race Department is, Race Department is an institution in sim racing. <laughs> it is the 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 place to go for content, mods, downloads, et cetera. It's fantastic, it's where I learned most of what I uh, learned about sim racing in the early days. And of course, was interviewed by Paul on the Race Department channel. I brought oh. Gridfinder out in the early, early, early days. So what's that like? Because you've got a lot of writers. I noticed there's a, there's a broad spectrum. What's your role? Do you have to comb through them all and make sure they're written well and make sure that they're on the tone that you're looking for? Do you, do you kind of split up the categories you try and hit? How does it work?
1: Well, well, here's a sad story, unfortunately. Uh, so, been at RD for well over a decade. Uh, well, well over. and At the time, I was pretty much the sole writer uh, and then did the video content and the reviews and well, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, Sadly, uh, uh, last year, uh, we lost my brother, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, second brother, sadly, I've lost of two, so I'm the last to the Jefferies. Uh, and that, as you can imagine, wasn't a pleasant time. So I dialed into Brown and just said, like, I can't be coping with this at this moment in time. Yeah. So I've kind of been on a, a, a sabbatical. Uh, so, uh, Mick, uh died the end of May 2021. So I've been absent, in, a, in effect, apart from a few things that I've had to do courtesy of other commentary commitments, like writing the review articles and previews for Ferrari, for example. So I've kind of been absent uh, since then. And in my absence, we've obviously stocked up on a number of content creators and writers and everything like that, which is great, because it, it was... It's better to do it that way because if like this, a bad circumstance comes around and I get taken right. out of the picture. There's no plan B. Uh, yeah. So to answer your question is prior to my, my uh, sabbatical, for one be of a better way of putting it, uh, it was just down to me. So just troll, create, publish kind of thing. And we tried to do some deep dive stuff like talk to uh, the devs and all that kind of thing and yeah. give a little bit of insight. But what's amazing? What was amazing about my time there, and I'm still there, by the way, I've just not come back to it properly yet. What was really, really sensational about it is we were, uh, or we are still, uh, independent. So we're not owned by anybody or anything. Uh, And Bram had enough trust in me that I could do what I want kind of thing. So I can write anything, I feel like. So Mm -hmm. we weren't... There are some outlets and some people who shall remain nameless uh, that have a little bit too close for comfort association with various different uh, pieces of software or companies. So obviously, it's they have a vested interest in in talking positively about something or negatively about something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had none of that, and yeah. I'm pally, I'm I'm friendly with all the developers. So it's not like I've got a a personal favourite or relationship with any one dev. So uh, it was great if i think something was garbage i could say it was garbage if i think something was good i could say it was good if i wanted to focus on uh a particular thing we could go and do that and it were really really good time i think that was quite well appreciated as well by the audience out there because it is clearly independent and it's clearly hopefully over the last decade plus uh, people are relatively trusting of my opinion that i've got no ulterior motive it's just purely this is what i feel your mileage may differ than mine but this is my opinion yeah. based on nothing other than this is my opinion mm-hmm. uh and that was a really really nice time but how it quite works now i'm not sure and i need to find a way to magic more hours in the week in order to be able to find my way back there but that's I easy mean, to that. i will also i'm going to bottle it and sell it man if i find it no more stupid commentating on one CRT yeah. screen. I'm going to be flogging free time to people.
0: <laughs> what, was your, what was the, the writing process? Because I, I quite enjoy writing. I have yeah. I, I, done a few articles about this, that, and the other. And I used to on the original GridFinder when it was on Wix, the website builder. That's why I'm not a dev. I don't, I don't know how to do the colorful text, um, <laughs> you know, all the, the matrix stuff. Um, but there was a built-in blog function. I thought, oh, I'm going to give this a go. And I did the classic thing, which was review my own wheel and pedals. But I thought... Some of these reviews can be really boring. So I thought I'm going to just make it a little bit more interesting and maybe kind of add an anecdote or something in there. And I quite enjoyed it. It was quite like a cathartic yeah. process. I've done the old thing on LinkedIn in, in days past about boats and Navy stuff. Um, but what was your approach?
1: Again, speak from the heart. So because I I know I'm repeating myself but in a different context because I really love what I do. It became very easy. So obviously, like depending on what the piece is, if there's a news piece, uh, so I'm going to use a Formula 1 thing, so I can't think or anything sim racing. Fernando Alonso signs for Minardi. There's obviously got to be a quote in there. And there's obviously got to articulate the fact that he's gone from place A to place B. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just sort of Adding padding around it, maybe throwing uh, a bit of an opinion in there, a bit of speculation in there, what that might mean and stuff. So it was kind of dependent on dependent on the piece itself. I, I mostly enjoyed opinion pieces. Yeah. Because I like to stir the poo-poo a little bit. Uh so I like an opinion piece. Because you know, you may not have noticed, but people on the internet tend to have an opinion and they? they they are when quite they keen you- on sharing
0: it with you. <laughs> <laughs> so have you um have you ever had to deal with like a particularly yes. vitriolic okay, so how how was that? Soul destroying.
1: Mm. I am I have very thin skinned. Uh so personal attacks or criticisms and I know everyone needs to be criticised because how can you get better if yeah. you don't recognise the knowledge where you where you maybe need to be stronger? Right. But it goes a bit far sometimes. Uh, and I've seen that in Race Department, I've seen it at Studio 397 We Are Factor, I've seen it in my right. Coventry in all different series, and it hurts. Yeah. And it's very, I find it very, very difficult. And again, I'm trying to keep the tone light, so let's not go too deep on that, but having gone through a rough ass couple yeah. of years out with That's other things, hard yeah i'm not in the best place emotionally uh so that kind of like gets heavy very yeah. quickly yeah, uh, yeah, then yeah. you just got to try and like do what i said earlier actually sit back and then smell the roses and say yeah i feel useless i feel worthless i feel like an imposter blah 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 crap crap crap. but take a look around your sunshine you in living dream <laughs> stop being so bloody miserable and crack on <laughs> and and that doesn't always work <laughs> but it's a nice way you're doing it because in life there is always someone that's got it rougher than you've got it even if you think you've got it rough there's always someone worse off so
0: uh bright little sunshine i suppose you had a bit of a unique position or maybe not unique but less usual position that you criticized you said yourself people in your own articles but not criticized in just you know slander like kind of a yeah comment on again this is rubbish the devs need to have a good hard look at themselves i assume i haven't read all of well, your articles but i'm assuming I, that they I, are did a, I
1: did a video on that topic for nascar heat 5 the oh. massive irony that the people that developed nascar heat 5 are now my employer uh <laughs> not <laughs> so lost on me <laughs>
0: so you delete that from the internet wherever yeah, you well, where
1: go. No, no no i still stand by it i've told them it's garbage but <laughs>
0: And then, okay, so, so that's, that's, I find that really interesting. So you must have then come into contact with people who might have had responsibilities for that project. If you write a piece in race department or on race department and you say, this is garbage, and that's the tone of the whole thing, and it's garbage for X, Y, and Z reasons, and that's my opinion, when you then meet these people and you speak to them, do you double down yes. or do you try and add more context? Or both? Both.
1: I mean, I won't put something into print or vocalise something if I don't believe in it. Yes, my opinion might change if given a different perspective. Uh, but when you're like, if you're reviewing something, for example, there's not really another perspective to have. It's good or it's not. Yeah. Somebody else's opinion ain't going to change the fact that you came across X, Y, and Z problem or it, it leaves something to be desired. And I'm not afraid. Uh, I don't like confrontation, obviously. I don't want to confrontate, but I'm hopefully um i've been around long enough and i've got a solid enough relationship with people and i and i'm not a douchebag uh hopefully i think uh that you can have those constructive conversations and say hey yeah i said it was rubbish and let's be frank it is because but mm-hmm. i always try and validate it i don't just go blanket this was
0: garbage every uh, gets a huge amount of views so every one of your articles you know is going to be read by a lot of people and a good portion of them are going to comment on it so when you're writing an article do you are you conscious of that when you're writing it? As you're writing, are you thinking, I wonder if I'm opening up the door here for a comment, or I wonder how this is gonna be perceived by people who are in my space?
1: I probably should, but that would mean I have to think a bit about it, which is, <laughs> yeah, Uh I, I, I don't have a filter. <laughs> uh, no, I do to a degree, yeah. yeah. I always, I mean, I'm a glass half full guy, for sure. So you'll always kind of like, even the, I mean, I'll use the NASCAR Heat 5, which I really, really do think is a steaming pile of poo, until NASCAR Ignition 21 came out, which somehow is multitudes worse on every level, which is impressive how horrendous that game is. But with NASCAR Heat 5, they still had good things. So you still look at some of the good, like the oval pack racing was really fun. And the whole like uh, it'll tell you who your bump draft partner is, or if there's a teammate or somebody that's got an association with you that you can pallet with, and you can go and bump draft with. And that's really, really good. Everything else was junk, but that part was solid. So you have to kind of balance its, it's weights and measures, obviously. And it, I'm, I'm not, I'm not interested in going in, and I'm I am not naming names because they don't deserve the airtime. But there are certain outlets in history. Uh, that made their entire USP about crap talking yeah. and about uh, and often massively far from being true what they were saying. Uh, again, I've been I've been uh, targeted by them. Hey, I'm famous. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not into any of that. I'm not into yeah. any of the clickbaity rubbish. It's just it'll always put my honest opinion. But sometimes that honest opinion might garner more controversy. For example, once upon a time, a few years ago, I had the audacity to suggest that uh, lewis hamilton's maybe not as good as the five world championships that he had at the time
0: right, paul i'm suggest- gonna edit this out of the podcast i'm sorry this is
1: oh this is, you were fan? are you
0: a fan this is not making that no i just i just <laughs> <I'm>, the, <laughs> the lewis the lewis fans and the max fans they can be as They're bad strong. as each other so yeah any opinions on formula one it's yeah. never it, it's a shame it's a shame because there was a time where you could have an opinion that could be different to somebody else's, and that was fine.
1: Yeah, and you could have a conversation about it, and actually, maybe even learn a bit or something about
0: the other person's perspective. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was weird. wonderful. Oh, a fashion, there isn't it? And that perfectly sums up the point I was making. I put an opinion piece on there that's potentially controversial, and that garnered an incredible fistfight and firefight amongst people, which is weird because. I'm a relatively straight-up guy, and I just I like having a different opinion to somebody else and then having a having a converse about it, and you never know, hell, I might even be proven wrong at the end of it and go, you know what, your point of view has changed
0: my opinion. Well, uh, life would be pretty boring if everybody had the same opinions, and life yeah. would also be quite boring if you never changed your mind about anything.
1: Exactly. That's the, the tapestry of life, isn't it? The variety is the spice of life, uh, and... People see things with different eyes and different views. and I really enjoy that, and I enjoy the engagement factor, but I don't know whether it's because... I don't know, actually, whether it's just the world is going down the toilet, mm, but there wow. seems to be more and more vitriol out there, which is particularly bizarre in sim racing because it's quite a niche thing. It is. It's got quite it's an expensive way to get into it. And mm-hmm. if you're going to waste your time, so to speak, on a, on, a, on a portal somewhere on the internet communicating about sim racing, why do you... I always say this. Oh, I'm sorry, Tom, make a note of the time because you're going to have to edit this because it's got a swear word in it. That's uh, fine. But in. it needs to have a swear word in it, otherwise it doesn't work. It's, you see people going to forums and yeah. like, let's say you post a news piece uh, R-Factor 2 releases, car B. And then it's all, why don't they do this? Oh, it's not as good as iRacing. And it's like, translate that to real life for a moment. So somebody's taken their time to go into something to then say they don't like it. Now, I don't like celery. So I don't go to farmer's markets and what stand next to celery? It's horrible. <laughs> but I don't go to a farmer's market and point at a stall and go, that shit is that. Just don't bother, because I don't like it, so I go eat something, I do. So why do you go on a forum, onto a game that you don't like, to tell people you don't like it? (laughs) But not even to articulate why, and to put a critique together as to why that game could get better, it's just to go and essentially say, this is rubbish, and my sim's bigger than yours. Mm. But what, you're supposed to enjoy! The yeah. environment, the, this is supposed to be fun. Do
0: you know what I think it is, right? And and we're, we're, we are getting a bit deep now. Um, But uh, do you know what I think it is? I think it's because people f- tend to follow examples and mm. the media sets the example and the media likes to post drama and a negative yeah. headline will always gain a lot more traction than a positive headline. And so people are bombarded with negativity and criticism and drama all the time. So... Now the internet has given everybody their own platform. Whenever they post, they're following the example they are set by the media, which is to post negative, controversial, demeaning in some cases, comments. Because they're like, well, that's what The Sun and The Daily Mail and The Telegraph do. So, you know, that's what I'm going to do because I want to be on the same platform.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And that's kind of, and ladies and gentlemen, that's why the world is a very sad place in which we live in 2022. No, 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 no.
0: Abort, abort, abort. It's great. We, we'll, we'll get through this and there's enough good people out there to turn the yeah. ship around. Yeah,
1: no, there is. There
0: is. On moderation. Yeah. Do you moderate uh, comments in race department?
1: We have moderators. I don't personally, uh, time constraints from my side, but we have fantastic moderators kenny patton i don't know if he's still there and andrew as well work they're the unsung heroes of our yeah. they, they keep people in check uh they steer the ship back on its right course again uh when you get the usual sort of like crew that come in deliberately to derail everything so it's a thankless job uh it must be an incredibly frustrating job because they are literally the brunt they are the shovel that scoops the poo into the dustbin so massive Kudos to those guys and anybody else that's now doing it since I've not been as daily involved. It's, it's incredible actually.
0: What are the rules of thumb by which they operate? So what, what are the guidelines that they are set? How do they, are they chosen because they seem to have a generally decent set of values that they can just apply, you know, according to their own opinion or, or, or is there a bit of a, you know, does it hit this, this, and this criteria to be removed?
1: Yeah, there's that. There's obviously, we, we try desperately not to remove anything, if mm. we can help it. We don't want to censor. We'd rather the conversation become sensible again before yeah. we need to go in there. So there's like terms of service that you signed up to when you become part of race departments. So you know what it's like, no hate speech, uh, don't personal attack people, blah, de, blah, de, blah, the bog standard stuff that you get in any, any reasonable part of the internet. And then the people who do it, race department, despite, you said it earlier, they're massive. And I can't remember the figures, but we're talking sensationally large. But it's still a big community. It's not a business. So we're all volunteers. So we all do it in our own free time because we want to. Uh, So there's an element of, if you've got that kind of mentality and you you wish to be a moderator, then you're probably a damn decent person anyway. And you've got a strong moral compass and good values and you follow the guidelines. You use a little bit of common sense, and and yeah, he bobs along quite nicely, actually. But it's as I say, I I haven't got the tolerance for that because yeah. I cannot stand idiots. uh So there'd be nobody at race department. i just ban everybody the second they even think about what stepping out alive. So real yeah. massive, like they are literally. They're like the marshals in motor racing, right? I was people, yeah, yeah. They yeah. never get any credit. that don't yeah. get the accolades. No one asks for the autograph or a photo, but it'd be absolutely pointless if they weren't there and impossible. In fact, if they weren't there and that's moderators. So big
0: up moderators, the world over your superstars, the lot of you. <laughs> I love it. So you got, you have two, two similar roles that you have the, obviously on a uh, hiatus at the moment, but editor in chief of race department and then community manager for studio 397 Now there must be some differences there because with race department, as you said, you're completely independent. Whereas with studio 397, it's obviously there in order to service Studio 397 and R-Factor and R-Factor 2 etc. So do you have to take a different approach with people, with opinions, with conversations that happen? Like, do you you have to be a little bit more restrictive?
1: Yes, and it makes it even more complex that obviously Studio, I I can't remember how long ago it was, no not long ago, uh, were purchased by Motorsport Games, and Motorsport Games are on the stock exchange. Yeah. So there's also yeah. a, a whole bunch of things that you must and must not do yeah. if you're one of these kind of kind of. I oh, know that's, that's boring. No one cares about that. It's just it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there is a different. There's definitely a different tone. But actually, in fact in Studio, we're really lucky that we've actually got a very opinionated and fired up community, but they're also really good at self moderating. So if someone comes in there that's intent on trouble, there's like a core group of people that will kind of like put that fire out almost amongst themselves, which is actually it's really impressive to see. Yeah. Uh, and as a general rule, very strongly opinionated, obviously. Of course we are, because, because of what our factor 2 is. It's not a computer game. It's a heavy-duty racing simulator. So if something's not bang on what it needs to be to one-to-one real yeah. then will we'll be jumped on yeah. and they do tests that you would not ever think i i always i, I love it i love reading it someone will like yep yeah. so i went on i got car x and went on a skid track and got the motec data up and then did a static test and then modded some weight on the front suspension when not moving and turned it three degrees then went into my car and tested that one and then validated it by the and you think wow that's crazy that's impressive and as Brought up a flaw that we would never have found because that's just wow, that's indent. So, I love actually our community. We get opinionated strongly from time to time, but they're all like me for the vast majority in that realism is king mm-hmm. and they place such an incredibly high value mm-hmm. on authenticity which is exactly what we're like at the studio. So it's actually a joy in that yeah. regard. And actually, it's actually quite difficult sometimes because we all want what they want, mm. but we have a limited resource and capacity to make things happen. So it becomes difficult sometimes to, within the confines that I've just spoken about, uh, be honest and straight up why we can't do something or why we haven't done something, mm. which we really should be seen to have done, but certain reasons why that's not feasible and i'm not afraid to be honest so as anybody who's dm'd me on discord or whatever you ask me a question you'll get an answer that's (laughs) no problem which can be dangerous and that's another reason why i'm living the dream now because i will be cancelled for saying something i shouldn't at some stage so i need to make hey well that sun does shine because i'm just too honest
0: (laughs) well i i always think this so so on our Gridfinder discord we've I think nearly 1600 uh league owners in our discord and they will give us feedback about Gridfinder and occasionally often to be honest they will complain and they'll say this should be actually like that or we should really add this or i don't like this new feature it should be a bit more like this and when you read it you're like oh god are we well off the mark here and <laughs> then i think you know what they complain because they care if they didn't care and they weren't interested in sticking around on grid for a little while they wouldn't bother complaining because yeah you know, I, I i very rarely complain but there's a couple of platforms online that i use um, that i absolutely love i complain about them or make uh, suggestions i should say i don't really complain i make suggestions um far far more than any anywhere else and i don't really complain anywhere else but because it's because i care because yes. i love this platform and i think oh my god this could be incredible so i'm going to suggest I, on, in this particular use case, why not try that? And you know, you get um, this is going to be a really random example. There's a platform called Seed Legals, and it's like kind of uh, legal help for startups. Um oh, and that is CEO, random. You're right. It is very random. <laughs> but the CEO responded to me about I had this thing about how you could split up your communication with various areas of the business. And he said, "Oh, that's great." And then, um, six months later, they're they're implementing this system. And I thought, right, nice. I am now a customer forever because I loved it. I saw the potential. I made a suggestion. It was responded to, but I think I'd have been a customer forever. Even if they were like, we like it, but actually we're going to go a different direction. I'm like, well, they considered it. That's awesome. So I think studio 397, if they had absolutely nobody saying to them, I didn't like this or actually that should be slightly this, or this curve's actually higher. I was there last week. If they didn't do that, it's because they don't care.
1: And that's exactly 1000% right. If yeah, the day you need to really worry, is when it goes radio silent. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. And that passion's what drives us. That's why I do what I do. Again, the money's not as... I could easily earn more in, quote-unquote, the real world. Mm. Uh, the hours are insane. The work's intense. But you love what you do. And very, very grateful to play a really small part in a bigger cog that that makes our factor two what it is or whatever because i i've got a point now i'm 38 years old and i've got a point now where i'm not really wanting to do anything unless i fully believe in it mm. uh gone are the days where you just do whatever you need to do to get by uh i'm not well off by any stretch of imagination but i don't have to take any old junk yeah. uh so that's why i love what i do because we fully thoroughly believe in the product and we in it's not a job mm. it's uh, a way of life i was with uh in italy at the weekend at sorry whenever i don't
0: even know what day it is man a short period <laughs> of time Tim, ago you're on the sim sundays podcast
1: <laughs> that should be a t- yes that that that's 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 maybe a hint it could be it's wednesday is not it it is wednesday
0: yeah. come on man <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah but no uh i was with aris from kunos we were talking about it the other day oh, previous and and the yeah yeah really lovely guy i uh really enjoy aris's company and we were talking about this exact same thing it's not a job it's a way of life. So you might work, work as in physically like outputting something for 13, 14 hours or whatever it is, but you're on for 24. Mm. You're thinking all the time. It's in the forefront of your mind. Stupid stuff like you're thinking, again, this weekend, uh, I need to go out and I don't know, shop. I'll have to shop at seven o'clock then because I need, I want to do this, this, and this first. Or I'd like to be around for this piece of information. I'd like to, to be available. And you're planning your whole life around your work, which there's no way on earth I would plan my life around my work if it wasn't something mm-hmm. like this. It's 9 to 5, and then when I leave at 5 o'clock, I can't be out of there quick enough. But yeah. this, this becomes the second child, so to speak. And that's the only way you can ever be successful if you're fully, and I'm sure you're exactly the same with GridFinder, you're fully invested in it. Or don't do it because then you're not giving everything to yourself and you're not yeah. giving the, uh, you're not adding the value that you should be adding to whoever it is that's trusted you to do whatever it is you're doing.
0: I completely agree. And actually, it's it's made me rethink something I've been saying for a few months now, which is I hate that phrase. Find something you love and you'll never work a day <laughs> in your life because that's nonsense. Yeah, find, it something, is. find something you like and you will work 14, 15 hour days, seven days <laughs> yeah. a week forever <laughs> like, yeah,
1: exactly For but much actually, less reward yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: but i suppose i suppose if you recategorize what is work uh okay well yeah. then all right well then now we're into semantics aren't we but like the idea of oh, you find something you love oh it's easy it's easy then you just coast along you just play games all day it's great it's like, yeah, nah, no no nah, you don't so where where are you where are you heading what's the plan do you, what's the what's the the pool jeffrey pipeline
1: uh i in commentary terms It's really, again, very cheesy, but it feels like it's what I'm supposed to do. I love everything about it. Mm -hmm. So more and more. If anybody's listening, by the way, or watching, depending on your platform of choice, available at all good podcast outlets. Uh, My is Paul Jeffrey. I have bag and will travel. So uh, available... available for work valid uh,
0: passport yeah exactly your booster you're ready to yeah. go
1: i say i'm fully i'm fully uh i'm invincible some might say <laughs> um, and i've discovered east midlands airport as well which is so much better than manchester it is just frightening uh i went through security the other day i was the only person there to the point where I actually asked to be searched just to fill a bit of time because I'm way early for the flight. This, so
0: This is, so I was looking at, this is a bit of a, a random comment, but I was looking at our analytics of the podcast today, just out of interest. I noticed that we had, Two or three people in Ecuador listening. This will be the most random conversation ever. East yeah. Midlands Airport versus Manchester Airport. <laughs> Basically, don't worry about it. Please don't Google it. It's not important.
1: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's put it into terms that you'll understand. East Midlands is next to Donington Park, which is the best UK race. And Manchester is famous for Oasis, which are the best 90s indie band. So there you go. But no, uh, I want to do more. I. Obviously, sim racing is my uh, be all and end all, my sort of like first love, etc. Uh, so I start. I, I like projects. I'm loving what I do for Ferrari, for SRO. I've got a couple of ones that are not announced yet that I'm very excited about. Nice. Uh, I also want to do more real
0: racing this do season. A, do you have a series in mind? Do you have Do you have like a head mark? Like a, this? If I get this, then this is then I will have achieved my career goal. Is there something that you want to do? I
1: going back to the fact about investing yourself fully in something I very much enjoy being helping and when I say helping maybe I'm more of a hindrance I don't know helping build something from the ground up okay so I I I'm interested of course in going to something quote big mm-hmm. but I would rather be rather than going into something established as a new person I would rather be in the trenches helping someone make something big That's- So i was there for day one of sro there for day one of ferrari mm-hmm. uh there for day one of lamborghini but i'm no longer there because obviously i work for ferrari uh i'd much rather do that than let's say become the new f1 esports commentator that yeah. has let although i'd like to because it's high profile even though i don't really like the series uh so i'd oh, like to do well, that hopefully they're not listening then <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you see, told you, you want this, we'll get cancelled. Here for a limited time only. Uh I'm like a seasonal Mars bar. Uh so I'm only here in the summer, you won't see me again. Uh yeah, and in real racing, I just anything I love, I love racing, man. Well, I just love racing. It doesn't matter what it is, it's could be Grand Prix, could be endurance, Citroen 2 C V Cup, bikes, trucks, cars. Enduro car that I'm still waiting for a drive to invite to drive that one. Come along to
0: Brands Hatch in November.
1: But yeah, anything, man. I love. I just. I absolutely love the sights, the sounds, the people, the smells, the thrill of competition. It, it, It. In fact, to be honest with you, often the higher profile racing series are a little bit less exciting than the lower profile ones. So everything and anything, man. I just. If people pay me. To watch motorsport and shout like an idiot at it. I mean, yeah. come on! That yeah. I, I can think of other jobs that are better than that, but they're not family friendly. So I'm you sure. can't get better than that.
0: <laughs> I've just spent the weekend at Alton Park racing uh, our enduro car team. So Gridfinders, a yeah. little enduro car team. We had Jem Hepworth driving, myself and Toby from Gridfinder, and we had Scott Mansell from Driver sixty one in the car. We came P five out of thirty three, and it was honestly one of the best weekends I've ever had. We just laughed for a, like four days solidly it was so much fun and you'll surround the whole paddock is full of people just loving life except for the one car that did roll it in the first five Ooh. minutes they were less loving life um but yeah. everybody was having generally a great time and the commentator was walking around and doing this a, a stream to the facebook page just getting little interviews with everyone and not many people are watching but it's not the point you're there for the you were saying about the you know the roar of the cars. Well, for us, it's kind of the the, the gentle whirring of the of the engine at 1.3
1: stream yeah. as
0: they scream down the the straight at 80 kilometers an hour. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, and in something like that, everybody—it's the old Clubman spirit, isn't it? Everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's in it because they love what they're doing, and they all want everybody else to enjoy it as well. So there's none of the whole. I did a bit of karting, uh, never racing. Uh, it only got to testing because we didn't have two euros, pound coins, dollars, depending on where you are in the world, to rub together. Uh, but everybody in that little paddock was sort of like in it for the love yeah. of what they were doing. So like, you're struggling to get the car started, three or four people will wander over and give you a hand. Whereas in a, a, a more serious championship, oh, yeah, they probably put a bit yeah. of sugar in your tank to make sure you can't get started because it's one less competitor. yeah. And yeah. And I love that. I love, uh, I am a competitive person, but at the same time, when it comes to racing, I would sooner finish 15th with three Mm -hmm. cars right in front and three cars right behind than dominate at the front because winning for winning's sake doesn't appeal to me. I just
0: love racing. So, shall we race? Do we have to? Because I'm rubbish. (laughs) <laughs> so, I, and I, honestly, I got back from Morton Park a couple of hours ago, and I've walked across uh, here to do the podcast. I have not turned a lap, and I've decided to use the H-pattern uh, shifter. So, good man. Uh, good man, gonna, you're sh- doing that. We'll just we'll just go nice and gently around the track. It'll be fine. So, Fabulous. We will head over now to the track. If anybody wants to join us, they go to uh, a set of course. Look on your online lobbies, lob, lobbies, lobbies via Content Manager wherever you use, and search for Grid Finder sim sundays anything like that and we will come up we are racing the r bath at silverstone national
1: Ooh, which i need to say um, it be- oh go on tom sorry
0: No, no. I was, just, I was just gonna say as chosen by you
1: indeed so before i migrate over to the rigs i'm at the desk i'm going to throw every excuse i've got available as to why i'm horrendously poor i've not driven ac for five years i've not driven this car for six years i've done zero testing and uh, yeah like all good commentators, that's why I talk about it rather than do it.
0: (laughs) I I smell a hustler, I smell a hustler. I'm right. So if you're moving across, I'm gonna go out and start doing some laps. We've got a few cars in the pit lane, so. Well,
1: I've got got a thousand things I've been warned by Mike I need to shut down to avoid echo. So I'm gonna shut these things down now and see you in a few moments. Okay.
0: Hey, this is Chris from GridFinder. Thanks for listening to The Sim Sundays podcast. Head on over to gridfinder.com to find your spot on the grid and join sim racing leagues for all your favorite games. Just enter your preferred game, car of choice, then let us know if you'd like to race PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, and we'll give you a list of actively recruiting leagues for you to join. And if you're a league owner, post your league on GridFinder so that you run with a full grid for every race. If you'd like to participate in the races featured in each episode of the Sim Sundays podcast, join our Discord server by going to gridfinder.com discord. We host a new car and track combo every Sunday at 8 p.m. UK time and stream it live to our YouTube channel. If you're looking to upgrade your sim rig, visit the episode sponsor TrackRacer at trackracer.com. Thanks for being here. So uh, I'm going to just pull over here since I'm completely out of control anyway. Um, Paul, thank you very much for coming on uh, Sim Sundays. It's been a pleasure. It's been really interesting to hear about your journey through commentary into community management and then onto the likes of working for Ferrari and Lamborghini, it's kind of inspiring for, you know, young kids who love sim racing. Wondering, you know, is there a future in sim racing for me in the long term? Could I make this a career? Well, the answer is a hundred percent. Yes. I mean, if, if you're getting opportunities like Ferrari and Lamborghini now and sim racing, I believe is at the bottom of its, of its curve, then, you know, these opportunities are going to be massive in the future. So thank you very much. Thank you for your enlightening chat. Is there anyone you want to say hello to or, or thanks to, or? uh any events you've got coming up that you want to mention yeah
1: well first and foremost mate thank you very much for uh having me on i really enjoyed it it's been uh, it's been nice to uh chitter chatter about real and virtual motorsport and uh, you've whet my appetite somewhat to have a look at this euro <laughs> cup so uh, thank you for that uh, no i just want to say Actually, it's a big thank you for everybody who kind of engages in anything I really do. And today as well, for those of you that voted on the track combo on my Facebook, for the guys that are in the server with us uh, racing now and for everybody watching at home or who will watch at home later on, uh, really, really appreciate it. And thanks to everybody that's helped me get to where I am. And just take care of what you said, Tom. If you're out there thinking, I'd like a piece of that pie, go do it. Nothing stopping you apart from yourself. Dig deep. Love what you do. Work hard. Sniff out those opportunities. And if you get a chance, grab it with both hands. But more importantly than anything, and this is not just for sim racing, this is for life, be a good person while you do it. That's all that matters. Good people, more often than not, good things happen to them eventually. So don't climb over the top of somebody else for an opportunity. Don't go out there. Uh, I know of somebody, for example, that's gone out there and spoken to an organization saying I'm a better commentator than they are. Give me the job. Don't do shady stuff like that one, because it's a small industry. Just be good to each other and yourself. And if you're a good person and you're good at what you do and you work hard, then the coin should fall your
0: direction one day. Brilliant. Paul, thank you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate having you on the show. Um, And we'll see you at Expo, potentially. Fingers crossed, mate. If I can find some more uh, that magic line, you will leave time that I keep
1: burning like it's going out of fashion.
0: (laughs) Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you to everyone for for watching on the YouTube. The episode will go live uh, uh, next Sunday on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Uh, Our latest episode went live this morning. It was with Dave Cam and that was that was a really funny episode. That was uh, that was some good racing in that one and I put a lot of highlights from the racing into the episode. So if you've not listened to it, go and check it out and thank you to track racer for giving me this very 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 sweaty yet sturdy rig <laughs> brilliant all right thank you very much goodbye
1: bye bye